Well, good evening and welcome. Welcome, everyone. My name's Keith Peterson. I'll be teaching the session. I'm really glad to see all of you tonight. I, for a while, it was me and one lady's purse, and she still hasn't come back. So, uh, and I didn't touch it. I was a good guy. I didn't even look at her purse. So, so welcome, everyone. Uh, my name's Keith Peterson. I'm one of the lay elders at River Valley, and it's my honor to, to serve at River Valley, and it's my honor to be able to teach and facilitate this class. And I want to begin by saying thank you. It's, it's true that, do you know that Pastor Rob cannot be the only one in this building who knows how to minister? Can everyone agree? And it's critical that we have leaders that are called and appointed and anointed and understand their role and want to step up and do more. So we just appreciate all of you because you're already leading. You already, have already raised your hand and say, I'll do something. How many of you in the last year have done something in this church you've never done before? Okay. Guess what? You're going to do more of like that. All right. So the, the name of this class is Lead, Expanding Your Impact and Influence. Now, as I was praying about this, this class and this session, I was thinking about, does, does God have any instruction, kind of some bigger picture? Does God want us to expand our leadership and our influence? And if you look at John 15, 8, it says, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. Everybody say much fruit. I have you repeat after me because it keeps you awake, Okay. Bear much fruit. A little fruit? Does God want you with like little bitty little dry yucky fruit popping out of you? No, he wants big huge fruit coming out of you as you expand the kingdom on his behalf. You agree? All right. This is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples. God wants us in our walk with him to expand, expand, expand. Everybody say expand. Expand. Everybody say influence. Everybody say impact. Okay, I just do that again to keep you awake. Some of you are doing that and then wiping your, you know, food off your face. It's okay. Now, I want to just, as people are coming in, I want to just give a disclaimer at the very beginning. This is not about you getting bigger. This is about Jesus getting glory. Okay? This is not about you going, look at my cool little ministry. Look at the Keith Peterson ministry. No, look at the Jesus Look at Jesus as Lord. You understand? This isn't even about River Valley. This is about the church, the bigger church. Does everybody understand that? All right, so this is not, a, you're, you're going to get greater influence. God's going to use you to do greater things. He's going to challenge you and move you forward in greater things, and that's cool. But your response should be, isn't he great? I can't believe that just happened because he used me as a vessel to do it. All right? That should be our attitude, okay? We want to expand our influence. We want to be able to do more for him and all the time saying, thank you, Jesus, for showing up. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for teaching me. Thank you, because I have no clue what I'm doing sometimes. Can anybody agree? All right. So can I have the next slide? So as we go through this, one of the things that people, I think, struggle as they think about in leadership is, what's my role? What's my gifting? What am I supposed to do? Okay? What I want to encourage you to do is to not worry about that. All right? Don't get caught up in what's my position. Get caught up in what can I do to give God more glory? You know, there's a difference between position authority and influence authority. Okay? Some people chase the position. I want the role. I want the title. I want the position. And they miss out that it's not about the position. It's about the influence. We need to be able to be able to influence other people to follow the Lord. 
And my, my theory on this, my view on this is, if you chase how can I, God, how can I influence more people for you, the position he wants you in will take care of itself. He's the one that promotes you. Can I get an amen? amen? If you chase the position and the role, you'll be then there trying to justify why you're in that role. If you instead say, God, I just want to be a help to anyone I can help at any time, the role will chase you down. Okay? Now, there's a, there's a Bible verse in 2 Corinthians 5.18, and it talks about that all of us are called to minister. Okay, this weekend, Pastor Rob said, all of us are called to preach. Some of you are going to preach at your neighbor, right, or preach to your neighbor, or, or go to China, right? We're all called to preach. Here, the, the Bible says we're all called to minister. In 2 Corinthians 5.18, it says, Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Say this, I'm a minister, and I'm to minister reconciliation. Say it again, I'm the minister of reconciliation. Again, I'm having you talk back to keep you awake, and it helps, helps your food digest, okay? Now, I, I am to help people understand Jesus is Lord. I want to help you be reconciled to him, and I want you to be reconciled to other people. That's my ministry. Whatever role comes out of that, whatever God wants for you, okay? Don't get caught up in the role. Now, Pastor Darren is here. When I first started going to this church, we had lunch. And this, I have a quote that I had from my memory, so hopefully this is pretty close. But I said, well, how does this church operate? How do, how do we govern ourselves? How do we enlist people to lead and, and, and hand off responsibility to different people? And he said, well, Keith, you can think about the ministry here like a big circus tent. Okay? Now, that's kind of some funny metaphors there, right? But it's a big ministry, a circus tent, and the circus tent is big enough for everyone under the tent to have a role. Now, some of you are thinking, my job is to pick up the poop. Well, some of you have to pick up the poop, right? <laughs> right? Some of you are on the trapeze. Like, if I know if I was on the trapeze, I'd be a catcher, not a flyer. You don't understand what I'm saying? Okay. The point is, the circus tent is big enough that everyone can have a role. And our job should be, well, God, how can I be a blessing underneath this tent of ministry called River Valley, which is just one tent called the bigger church? Okay? We, we, it's not about, oh, I want to do what they're doing. It's like, Lord, what do you have for me to do under this circus tent? Now, as you do this, I, I don't know, uh, Pastor Rob talked about this last weekend. Does anybody besides me like to rationalize or make excuses? Okay? I like to talk myself into doing something and think about it a bunch and then give myself credit for at least thinking about it versus doing it. Anybody? All right. So I, I was thinking about, here are some of my excuses I've made over the years. One, I don't have time. And God said, why don't you pray and ask me to show you how to rearrange your calendar? Okay. All right? Another one. Well, I don't have the charisma they do. And God said, why don't you embrace the gifts I've given you and the personality I gave you? Okay. All right? Another one. Well, I don't know what I'm doing. God said, good. That's just where you need to be, because then you're relying on me for the understanding, relying on me for the wisdom, relying on me for the grace, relying on me for the anointing. Not like, look at me, I've got all this experience. It's no, look at him, he's using me, this goofy vessel, to do something great for him. That should be our attitude. What I think Pastor Rob said, he uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Okay. All right, here's another one. But I'd rather be doing something else. Right? I'd, I want to, okay, I want to sing like Ryan. No, I can't. Okay. <laughs> Trust God for the promotion. Trust God to put you where you're going to be. 
And, and just let him move you and promote you as he does. But be faithful where you're at in the beginning. And here's a big one that I was, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. God, I'm really afraid. I am so scared. And you know what he told me? Do it afraid. I was hoping he would say, that's okay, you don't have to do it. Right? But he said, do it afraid. Now the next slide. There is a great person in the Bible. There's many great people in the Bible. But there's a great person in the Bible that is in the context of this stepping up and doing something new in leadership that you hadn't done before. And that person is Joshua. Now you have to remember, he was serving under Moses for a long, everybody say long time. Long time. And like Moses was like the guy. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, that, the, parting of the sea, parting of the seas? That's like a pretty big, is that a big deal or what? And that really happened, okay? And Joshua saw it. And now, all of a sudden, Moses is gone, and Joshua's like, uh-oh. What are we going to do? So let me, I'm just going to read this to you. Joshua 1, 1 to 6. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. And he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I'm going to give them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you'll be on land I've given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south, the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I'll be with you as long as I was with Moses, as I was with, with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous. And he says that three times in this chapter. He says, be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors. This, you talk about a big moment. I would have been having an oh my goodness moment at this moment. Can anybody relate to that? When God is asking you to do something you have no clue about doing and you do not want to do, do you, think, do you think Joshua at this moment was like, I've got a whole bunch of excuses of saying why I can't do it? Do you think that, was, that would have been me if I was Joshua? Oh my goodness, right? But we know Joshua had faith, he had courage, and he was going to follow what God said. Now, as I read this, I pulled out four teaching principles around leaders all of us as leaders, that we can apply in our life today. And this could be you as you're growing up, raising your children. Do you know what's different raising a teenager than a toddler? Come on, anybody? There's my teenagers over there. I love you. You know, they're different when they were, than they were, they were three. And so I, I found four teaching principles in this around stepping up as a leader that we can apply from what I just read from Joshua. Number one, what you once knew as normal is now over. You know, there are times in our life where what used to be normal is now over. It's done. Here he said, look, the guy you used to count on is dead. Number two, it's time for you to step up and lead. All of us in this room are at some place in our influence and our impact for Jesus. God says, now I want to move you to a new place. It's time to step up and do something. And then as soon as we want to, like, put the doubts up, he says, hey, count on me for the plan and the victory. Isn't that good news? He'll give you the vision and the dream, and he'll say, now I'm going to equip you, Connor, to do it. Okay. And then as soon as we start to freak out and, like, have second doubts, and, oh, my goodness, can't believe I blamed him, it's, he says, I will not fail you, and I will not abandon you. Isn't that good? What you knew as, as normal is now gone. You've got to step up and lead. Count on me for the plan and the victory, and I'm not going to fail you, and I'm not going to abandon you. That's a word for all of us as leaders, because you're all going to get stretched. You know, being a part of this church will stretch you 
in your individual walk and as you serve, you're going to get stretched. Now, as you go on to the next, next slide, we're going to talk about three different topics around prioritizing the important and some other topics around how to actually do this practically. But as, as I was thinking about this, you know that people tend to kind of be in different groups. Does anybody relate to that? We have male, female, right? There's different groups. And one group I've noticed when we talk about leadership and stepping up is people come from different backgrounds, different experiences. And sometimes when saying, it's time to step up, we have different responses, like different reactions, okay? Some people have this reaction, put me in, coach. I'm ready. I'm ready, right? And sometimes these people might lack some character, right? They might not be ready. They might not have been at every practice. They might be hungry for the role, but they don't have the, the seasoning to keep them in that role, right? Another person could be, no, no, don't pick me. Mm -mm. You know, this is like me in math class when, in high school. I'm like, oh, put my head down. It's like, so we're looking for volunteers. Nope, don't, don't want to do it, right? And then there's the one where I believe God wants us to, to, be, to be sitting at, and that is, I'm open. What do you have for me, God? I'm open and ready. And these are the folks that are willing to play whatever role is needed. These are the folks that are great team players. They're team first. These are the folks that have been proving yourself faithful in doing the little things over time. These are the folks that really get excited when someone else has success and does well. And these are the folks that are just completely relying on God for the wisdom and his grace. Okay? I'm just exhorting you to just have this attitude. God, what do you have next for me? Are you, I'm ready whenever you're ready. I'm getting myself prepared. Surprise me, God. And until you move to make me do something bigger or greater, I'm going to be as faithful and as diligent and as helpful in the little. And then he'll promote you when he's ready. Isn't that good? That should be your attitude versus, I'm ready. And you get there and go, oh, I don't really want to do this. Or don't, I know I don't. No, it's like, Lord, whatever you have for me. Now, as we do this practically, one of the things we need to understand is we are busy people. Are you all busy people? How many of you had to really work hard to get here tonight? right? There's a lot going on. We're all extremely busy. My, what, my favorite verse when I think about being busy and prioritizing the important is from Matthew 6.33, and it says, but seek first, everybody say first, first, not second, not when I get around to it, not when it's convenient, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things be added onto you. This is about priority. So in your life, is the first thing that you're thinking about, meditating about, hoping about, is building God's kingdom and living a righteous life. Is that like foremost in your thought? So I have some probing questions. These might hurt a little bit. How do you manage your daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly schedules? Do you have a plan or do you have a life of accidents? Do you pray and ask God to help you set your schedule and commitments? Do you miss the critical important, critical and important because you're always responding to the urgent? That's a, I'm going to say that one again. Do you miss the critical and important because you're always responding to the urgent? You know there's a lot of urgent, crazy stuff going on all the time. And if you don't put first things first, if you don't prioritize what's most important, you're going to miss out on many things. I've seen this in other business training. It's like I have a bucket here and I got a bag of sand, and I've got four rocks that are big rocks. This is what represents what's most important. If I pour the bag of sand in, which represents a, the minutia of life, without putting the rocks in first, I can't fit the rocks into the sand. Can you see that word picture? 
But instead, if I put what's most important, my time with my family, my time with the Lord, my time serving him, then I can pour in the rest of my busy life around what's most important. That has to be our attitude. And I'm telling you, I get pulled in a hundred, anybody get pulled in a hundred directions? Right? You have to prioritize what's most important on purpose. Now I'm going to just fess up. I was praying, Lord, use me. Lord, whatever you want, whatever you want, Lord. And then I found out a friend of mine from church was sick. And I'm, Lord, bless him. Lord, help him. Then I found out he was in the hospital. Lord, bless him. And Lord, send Pastor Justin. Send Pastor Greg to the hospital. They should go and pray. And God said, you go. And I said, send Pastor Greg. Send Pastor Justin. And he said, you go. But I said, but I'm busy. I got lawn to mow. I got, I got kids to, to spend time with. I've got, I've got stuff to do. And I went to the hospital. But see, I was like, well, go do something big. And then he picks you and you go, uh, you know, send, send Kristen. She's really friendly. Send my wife. She'll, she'll go. When, when my wife and I were first baby Christians at 30 and 29, and that was two years ago. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, I, okay, I was a fib in church. I'm sorry. Is that, am I going to get in trouble? Um, we, we were like, we realized this. This was our big revelation. We didn't know any better. This is our revelation. This is the word of God. I have no clue what it says. And I know Jesus is my Lord. I don't know how to read it. I don't even know why the books aren't in alphabetical order. I know nothing. I knew nothing about the Bible. And we said to each other, we better start reading this thing. And we better go find someone that can help us study it. But I said, but what about date night? And this is what we said. We're going to turn our date night into Bible study night. And then we're going to go to the Bible study and then pay the babysitter to watch our kids so we can go learn about Jesus. Because we prioritize learning the Word. When Kristen was wanting to lead a, a life group with young kids... We made it, okay, it'll be Keith's night at the Dairy Queen with the kids or Menards. So I took the kids away so she could be home with the girls, with the kids, right? You understand? Prioritize what's important. All right, let's go to the next one. Sharing leadership. Do I have any control freaks in the house? Sometimes leaders are controlling. It helps us be successful. But we need to find a balance. I, I think about this, Matthew 28, 18 and 19. Jesus is about to leave. He's going to heaven. He says, look, I'm going to paraphrase. I've got all the power, and I've got all the authority. Now I'm going to make it fun. Now watch me go. No, what did he say? Now you go. You get that? He didn't say, look at me. i got all the authority. He goes, no, you guys go. We need to share leadership. In Acts 6, right, the apostles, they couldn't teach because they're passing out the food. Imagine if Pastor Rob or Pastor Darren were preaching, and they said, they got to go and go pass out the donuts. I mean, how goofy would that be? And everybody come down, prayer team, one pastor, one at a time, line up. We couldn't have church because you have to step up and lead. Share the leadership. Or Moses, right? Moses is up late at night, and his father-in-law is like, you're crazy, dude. You're up all night doing all this stuff. You've got you've to figure out how to delegate. All right? So here's some questions about, about delegation and about sharing leadership. Do you actively look for opportunities to involve others in ministry? Actively look. I'm just going to shout out to Connor. Connor recruited my son Sam to do some things. Do you know what Sam's attitude was? Like, wow, Connor asked me to help. That was awesome, Connor. And there's Sam. Sam, wave at Connor. Okay, there. Okay. <laughs> do you have soul ties and struggle with letting go and allowing others to do your previous role? Or are you open to, like, I'm stepping up into the new as I let go of the old? Right? That has to be your attitude. A third question, are you convinced that you need to control everything and that your way is the best way? It might not be. 
Again, we, if we're going to expand our influence and do something new for God, we have to let go and let others take our place in certain times as God promotes us. He'll be promoting someone else. I'll hear, in my previous church before I came here, I was the drummer every Sunday for 10 years. I got here and I realized Aaron's way better than me. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to step out and let someone else do that. Do you understand? Now, I'm going to give a couple examples. In life groups, these are some things that we've done. If you're a life group leader, you can ask someone else to pray. You don't always have to pray. Someone else want to pray. Ask someone else to help welcome the people. The person that gets there early, hey, you're early, good. Say hi to everybody. Then put them down in the basement. Right? Let them be your greeter. If you don't want to cook, and if you don't have the anointing, ask someone else to bring the food and the drinks. You can share the leadership. Ask someone else to do the group report. If you don't like touching the computer, right, and have to re- respond to the report, enlist someone else to do that. Just this last week, four, four weeks tomorrow, I'm, I have just had total hip replacement. Okay? It's a miracle I'm standing. It's beautiful. I'm not running. Right? I'm going to stand here. And I, for many years, I've been leading a work Bible study. And I knew I was going to be gone for three weeks before I came back to work. And I was praying, Lord, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Because this is like the study that I lead. And I've always been the leader. And this has been like my study. People come because they'd like to hear me. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And God said, why don't you ask somebody else? Why can I do that? Right? You have to share leadership. So then I'm praying, praying, and I'm thinking, Todd, Todd, Todd. Todd was the guy who always talked back, always had another verse to add on, always wanted to talk about the Greek and the Hebrew. He studied this word. He was spirit-filled. Todd, high five. He prayed, said, nope, I don't feel a leading. The guy who's the quietest guy, never says a word, just smiles and says, that was great, Keith. Right? Who never, he never said a word besides that. That's all he says. Thanks, Keith. I appreciate it. It's all he's ever said. He says, I'll do it. I'm like, oh my gosh, Kevin did it. He did great for three weeks because I had to learn to share leadership. You have to pass it on. Now, I got stretched, Todd obeyed the Holy Spirit, and Kevin got a promotion. Isn't that cool? We have to learn how to share leadership. The last one is to grow faster. Now, the slide says grow faster. I think it's grow continuously and faster. Has anybody here arrived and you're done growing in the Lord? Anybody? Is Jesus in the house? Okay, no, all right? We're all still in process. I'm still in process, all right? This is, this is a verse about growing, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit. We are to be continually being transformed and changed to look more and more like Jesus over time. That's his plan for us, okay? Now here are the questions. Are you intentional about studying the Word and being a student of the Bible? Soap is great, but don't stop there. You know, do more studying. Do you seek out counsel and advice from people further ahead than you or from those who are experts in certain topics? That's a, that's a great way to grow. Wow, you've got this financial thing all figured out. Can I talk to you? Wow, your marriage is so healthy. I've got to talk to you about your marriage. Wow, you're a skilled communicator. How can I learn to do that? Wow, you, you know how to defend the gospel. Can I talk to you? It, it's important to seek out other people that will help you grow. Do you know that even Jesus had to learn some things? <gasps> Blasphemy. No, it's true. Hebrews 5.8, even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. We are all in a learning process. God wants us to grow continuously and faster. I have two minutes. Now I know the pressure that Darren and Rob feel every week. Okay? No, there's no countdown. But it's already red, so I'm in trouble. Yeah, I, just, I just thought real quickly I'd end on a couple of practical examples about how to grow faster. One is take advantage of mirror, sink, cabinet, and drive time. 
You, how often are you shaving or looking in the mirror? Why well, can't a verse be right there? That's what we've done. Put a verse up there or on, on the mirror of your car. Or don't look at it when you're driving, when you're parked or at a stop sign. Look at the verse, right? My wife has three or four verses always up above our sink. How often is, are we sitting there looking at the sink and washing dishes so you can read the verse? All right? Keep a journal and reflect. Find someone who needs, needs help and encourage them. Buy a new Bible. Have you been reading the same Bible for 20 years? Splurge. Find a new translation. Get a study Bible. Ask your friend who's really on fire, what Bible do you read? Do you have a great study Bible? Yeah. Oh, what one is that? Can I see? DVR your favorite Bible teachers and watch those shows versus something else. Give up your favorite TV show and watch Christian teaching, good Christian teaching. Snack on the word. This is one of the things I've been doing for years. I find a verse that I'm interested in that's speaking to me. I put it in my pocket, and then throughout the day, I take a little snack, and I put it back. Got a break at work? I just take out my snack, read the verse, put it back in my pocket. What are, they, they, what are you doing? I don't know. I'm just reading a verse, snacking on the verse. Okay? Fellowship with mature believers. If you find people that are on fire for God, go hang out with them. Go spend time with them. And the last thing is desire God to move through you. That's one of the greatest ways to grow. Say, God, I want to be stretched. I want to be stretched. Help me grow. I'm going to end with a short story, and then we'll be finished. Months ago, I was in service, and sometimes I'm just praising and worshiping, and sometimes God will drop a word in my heart, and I'll write it in my journal, or I'll give me a specific verse. So I put the specific verse in my journal. It's like, okay, Lord, that was so good. Thank you. Thank you. And then I'm praising and singing, and I'm closing my eyes. And he goes, that wasn't for you. That was for her. I'm like, oh, okay, sure, yeah. You know, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird, right? So, and I'm like, what am I going to do with this? So I tore it out of my journal, and then during the greeting time, I gave it to the lady, and then I sat down. And this was the first thought I had in my head. You are a dork. <laughs> <laughs> you are weird. You are odd. You don't know how to hear from God. You're going to look like a goofball really soon. You are weird. That's what I thought. And Pastor Rob's preaching his guts out, and I'm hearing, you are weird, you are a dork, you are weird. You are. And I'm like, shut up, Satan. I'm, 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 okay, all right, fine. If I'm weird, I don't care. I just have to obey, because I want to grow. I don't care how I look, I want to obey. I'd rather obey God than look good in front of man. So I just sat there, and then I finally was able to zone in. And my wife and I do prayer ministry. We go forward. Guess who comes running down to us? And she had this look on her face. I'm like, I'm in trouble, you know? <laughs> Here's the cool part, and God gets all the glory, not me, because I told you I was afraid. She said, that was amazing. I'm like, really? She goes, yeah, that was incredible. That's the exact same verse my women's Bible study was praying over me the night before, and I was having a hard time accepting it. And then you, of all the verses, give me that same one the next day, and I'm like, yes, I'm not crazy, right? <laughs> now, and then we prayed over her, and it was beautiful. Now, God gets all the glory, and I'm telling that story because you're going to do some things afraid, you're going to have to prioritize the important, right? You're going to have to push back the naysayers and step out and lead. God wants to expand your influence and have you do more for him. You're going to have to do it afraid and just trust, God, I heard you. So I'm just going to pray and we'll be done. Lord, thank you for your plan and your purpose. Lord, I thank you for each one in this room. Each one is fearfully and wonderfully made, and each one has a specific plan that you've called for them. And Lord, I just call forth their giftings, their leadership, their skills. Lord, everything you want to do for them. Lord, I pray that each would have the courage to step out by faith to be obedient. Lord, I pray that you would expand their influence and their impact, not so they can grow and be something special, but that they can be a great billboard for you and draw more people to Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen.